Hello, Doug the Bounty Hunter here, with new instructions from my patron to thank my patrons. Plural. I always thought I had one infinite patron, unknowable. But now I see before me a vision of names, a list of patrons who must be thanked for their generosity, such as Chelsea Dabhilke, Cheryl Nash, Chris Walsh, Christopher Bruce, David Forsey, Heather Baird, and Jason Campbell. Also to be thanked are Michael Pollard, Michelle B., Michelle Scott, Mike Hammond, Noreen Elizabeth, Olga Krasik, and Robert Andrews. <laughs> Thank you so much for your generosity. What I do would not be possible without your support. Who lives in a volcano powered by steam? Shard Tea Leaf. Two members of Shard's crew have been assassinated by fiery molten weapons, and the bounty hunters are quickly running out of leads. They fled from Wish's house, or at least its remains, after it was destroyed by some sort of magical bomb. Squeak and Rusty spotted an Aarakocra flying away from the scene, so the smoldering crew took off in hot pursuit. They were soon stopped by a couple of ticks, who ordered them to sit tight until they could be questioned about the explosion. Everyone cheesed it but Rusty, who sat tight until Lieutenant Iron Gauntlet arrived and asked Rusty what was going on. All in a day's work for a bounty hunter in Mox the Rain. The sergeant sits down in front of you and he's just asked, what's going on? All kinds of things, I, I suppose. We're, uh, what do you mean in particular? Looks like a house has exploded. Right. And yeah, of course. The, uh, the ticks here seem to be under the impression that you had something to do with the explosion at the casino as well. Uh, well, we were, uh, I was there uh, chasing a lead and uh, didn't get there in time. Sir? Who are you after? Halfling. Name of, uh, Shard You and a lot of others, it seems. Yeah, as I'm, uh, as I'm finding myself. It's a damn shame what happened to old Wish there. I arrived a little late. You had nothing to do with this? No. Lieutenant, come on, you you know me. You know uh, make a man. persuasion check. It's a 16. 16? He looks you over and he says, I do know you. Be careful with this one. There's a lot of eyes looking for Shard Tea Leaf, and I don't know why. And I know somebody knows, but whoever it is, they ain't the ones who are out looking for it. Yeah, there seem to be a lot of, uh, a lot of parties in the mix. I seen the Dead Eye was let out. What happened there? I thought he was, uh, going away for a long time. Yeah, well, uh, I guess someone a little higher up than me had a different idea for how long he should be in. Yeah, some things never change. They certainly don't, especially not around here. I was hoping to see uh, the city take a good turn after a uh, helm splitter fell, but things don't always shake out that way. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, the United Families aren't exactly who I would have had first pick of running a, a city like this, but uh, I guess you take what you can get. Of course. Um, am I free to go? And Rusty's yeah. just kind of got his hands out. I'm not going to take you in. Listen, wrap this up quick, would you? All the people who are out looking for this are causing more trouble than I want to deal with. I'll do my darndest. And you might want to 
have a look at that body back by that that burning house is a uh, tabaxi two arrows uh, seem to uh, emulate her from inside out much uh, much as we saw earlier so uh, you know you just have a look that way and see what you find yeah I figured that might be the case it looks like somebody is sending a message and he kind of sighs and then behind him you see uh, another two clubbers an orc and a dwarf walk past him the dwarf says hey iron fist you lose any other buildings today at least this one we we know where the remains of it are and he kind of sighs and just like flips them off as they walk past and he's like uh yeah i've got uh my work cut out for me here today be on your way uh and here take these and he hands you a couple of amulets the ticks aren't gonna forget your friends too easy these will help you a little bit tell them to put these on as long as someone's within close proximity to these things the uh ticks won't pay him any mind but it's not going to work under close inspection so right keep it subtle keep it subtle lieutenant i'm much obliged and you didn't get these from me of course get what from you and thank uh, you very much rusty winks and tips his hat and starts walking off in the direction of the <laughs> cloud, of, cl- cloud of pigeons yeah okay so uh you start walking off you see behind you iron gauntlet just sort of sitting on the ground and he takes a big sigh and sort of stands up and brushes himself off and then heads towards the smoke of what is left of Wish's farmland. Mm-hmm. So everybody else, you are running through the fields, just like the straightest line possible towards the pigeon. Yeah, what kind of fields are they? A lot of the fields here seem to be these like big fruit and vegetable fields, but you do move through, you see some livestock, massive cows, eight or nine feet tall, lumbering through these areas you're, you're able to sort of like skirt through their legs the mm-hmm. less overgrown fields seem to be for these uh, sort of livestock animals there are still like scattered roads these farmlands are divided into like a grid so it's kind of like running across a field hopping a fence running across the road through other fields uh, most of the farmers in this area by now have made their way towards wishes farm trying to see what's up to see if they can help and, we're and just suspiciously it, running through fields. <laughs> yeah, in the opposite direction. But I mean, they yeah. see you all like kitted out and uh, are not messing with you. Do we still have eyes on the pigeons? You can see them in the distance. They are getting quite far away from you now. Does Carnation have eyes on them? Carnation has better eyes. Carnation's a fair bit behind, but not losing distance. Are you looking through Carnation now or, or just sort no, of No, no, I, I haven't checked in. I'm, I'm still with Doug. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, Carnation, you can still feel is is on the trail. Mm-hmm. You haven't gotten any pings of like disappointment or frustration or anything. Okay. I think I'm also trying to like zig and zag across the field as much as I can, looking for the others as I go. The cloud of pigeons is heading out over over the jungle where it's grown up. Right? Are there any roads in that direction? There are, yeah. So e- even the overgrown parts of the jungle do usually have roads going through them because at some point they would have had some kind of warehouses or processing plants for the most part. Okay. So I'm with Barnaby, but we don't see the others yet? or uh, You you would have all been able to sort of meet up on this run now. Oh, okay. I, I might have something that could come in handy. Uh, and I'll reach two hands into two different pockets in the trench coat and pull out these two little... Um, figures and throw them down on the ground and they both turn into riding horses. (laughs) (laughs) 
That is incredibly convenient. You keep horses in your pockets? <laughs> uh, you never know when you might need something like that. <laughs> and I'll I'll climb up on one and reach down my hand to squeak. Yeah, squeak it, grab and go. Oh wow, these are really big. Yeah, and like hoist you up on the on the horse behind me. How do they breathe in your pocket? Don't ask those kinds of questions right now. (laughs) Just get on the horse and go. We're fleeing a crime scene. (laughs) We're chasing a lead. Yeah. (laughs) On horseback from your pocket. (laughs) Squeak is like sitting on the back of this horse and like he's he's just basically in like a split and his tiny little legs are just like (laughs) kicking the side of the horse trying to get it to go but like the horse probably cannot even like feel it yeah barnaby's definitely struggling to get aboard this horse it's really just just like jumping and like brass will give you a boost yeah okay perfect so brass boosts me up onto the horse and i kind of wobble and almost just slide off the other side and then then manage to get a good grip I think okay. Brass is Brass is gonna hop up with you. Oh, I'd like and, uh, that. Okay. Yeah. What's everyone's Rusty? Oh, was Rusty there? I thought I was across the field. You're a little bit behind now because of yeah, talking to everybody. Are right. you taking the roads or? Yeah, yeah. I think Rusty's gonna take the roads. Maybe sees everyone ride off and is like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my by the makers and uh, clicks his heels together, activates his uh, boots of speed and. Uh, Makes his way after everyone. So that's 80 feet walking distance. How fast are the horses? 60. So yeah. It's like their their speed. So if they're dashing. I'm exhausted and it's hot. So <laughs> I'm probably going to be kind of just keeping it. I might fall a little behind. I uh, can't risk a second level of exhaustion, right? Yeah. So I'm just going to kind of follow you. I got good eyes, right? Nice peepers. So <laughs> he's just going to keep up as best he can without... Yeah, I don't know how fast we would want to go on the horses anyway. Like, how far does it look like we need to go? What what speed could help us catch up? Uh, make a perception check. Also, uh-huh. is, is Brass sitting behind Barnaby? Is Brass like struggling? To Brass wrap definitely, my shell? definitely got up in front. Okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the literally only option. <laughs> yeah, uh, twenty one for perception. Okay, um, so when you're looking up ahead, you see the pigeons and who, what is assumedly Buck fly straight up and they go into a sort of crater dug out into the ceiling. So they fly out past uh, where the ring of the ashes touches the side of the mountain itself. They fly into a cave just under that ring. Well, these horses aren't going to help us with that. But we'll, I guess, try to ride as close to that as we can. Yeah. So you'll go into some of the deeper jungle. But yeah, you start to ride in that direction. Rusty, as you're running up the street, you see a couple of other sergeants standing in conversation with, a, I, I think, a very large, imposing figure. Robert, would you like to describe exactly what he sees talking to these sergeants? So you see a an eight-foot-tall Goliath wearing an admiral's uniform <laughs> uh, in, in, like, a dark gray, like, with the ropes sort of, like, across the chest and, like, pinned medals on his one side and a purple, luxurious cloak. So he has a shield strapped on his back and like a and like a huge long sword strapped at his waist. And he's clearly just in deep discussion with one of the guards. From a distance you can see he has a shaved head, like most Goliaths, but um sort of wrapped snaking up from his from his neck, going up onto his bald head in profile is a tattoo of a tulip that kind of opens up next to his eye. 
it, does he have the admiral like a admiral hat the, the big oh a tricorner tri- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah 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 tricorner hat yeah, yeah uh, like not, not not an admiral's hat but, but a, but a tricorner with a feather perfect yeah nice so those those two sergeants are just questioning you about this explosion uh, that's just gone off quite a, quite a bit behind you now. Yeah, so I'm just on a on a road, is it? Yeah. And I I guess I was just walking I was walking in the direction of where the where the Arakakra was flying and was stopped. Yeah, so over their shoulders you would see the Arakakra that you've been trailing fly up under this uh, under this ring into a cave higher up the wall. So Tulip is just sort of standing there with his arms crossed and he's not giving them much but he's but he's just sort of like staring down the the officers. Rusty, you can see that these these officers are like looking at each other and talking back and forth. They look pretty frustrated mm-hmm. and they're like, listen, pal, we're going to need answers about what's going on in all these parts. I know I, I recognize your type. You're one of these bounty hunters out looking for. Uh, it doesn't matter who you're looking for. All that matters is that you got, you're causing chaos in this city and I, I got a mind to, you know, take you in now. Uh, good I had nothing to do with the explosion. I want that and he points at the Arakakra flying in the distance. They look up, and as they look up, Buck has now flown into the into the cave. Well, we're not we're not just going to let you go chasing down whoever you want to. Okay, there are ways that things have to be done in this city. Uh, hey, officers, what seems to be the uh, issue here? My friend is a a licensed bounty hunter, is he now? That may be, but that doesn't just give you the right to run around blowing up houses. Do you have any evidence that uh, my, my friend here was anywhere near uh, there? Well, he was walking away from it. Someone looks like that and they're walking away from an explosion. You can usually assume that they caused it and are purposely not looking at it because they think it looks cool. <laughs> oh, damn, he's got a point. <laughs> Sound argument. <laughs> and uh, Tulip, you would recognize Rusty from the meeting in the ashes. Yeah, I think I recognize Tulip from that meeting as well. Yeah. <laughs> the only yeah. twelve. He was the tall, one. He was the one sitting tall. in the corner drink. Yeah, he was the one sitting in the corner drinking the flowery cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely brought um, it from home. <laughs> Could not have ordered it. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, sat down, scowled, and took out some tumblers. Just started shaking it up. <laughs> the mechanical creation is correct. Do you not think that anybody would simply walk away from an explosion? And uh, one of one of the dwarves is like, I also would have walked away from it. It's not, you know, good. And he's like, shut up. We're, okay, listen, I got my eye on you, both of you now. So if there's any more disturbances and we find the two of you at the scene, you're not going to get off so easy as this time. Uh, of course, I'd expect nothing less, officer. You have a fine day and then in dwarvish uh, blessings upon your clan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get out of you here. can keep your eye on me as I walk away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the the two of them are walking down, and one of them's like, "Should we get to the rail yard?" And the other one says, "I don't know. No, they they got enough down there now." Hmm. That was a close one. I'm Rusty Trail. I am Tulip. I appreciate the help mechanism. Now, if uh, you'll excuse me, I uh, have prey to hunt. I think we're after the same quarry. Uh, Maybe I'll uh, accompany you. I have some associates around here. Uh, they'll be hard to miss. <laughs> uh, as as you hear, like, perception check. <laughs> two horses, like, jumping over two farmers while they scream. Yeah. <laughs> Are any of you experts in explosions? 
No, it seems to be so. that this is the main thing that I'm facing on the hunt for this for this prey. If my hunch is correct, the Molten Watch could be mixed up in all this, and uh, if that's true, we need everyone uh, everyone on our side we can uh, muster. You know, they love to make it burn. Dangerous. I must admit that I like your style, in particular your hat. I will join you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> Tulip has joined the party. Tulip has joined the party. <laughs> Excellent. The vamos. Don't <laughs> try to catch up with the other. Okay, so you sort of diagonally move off into this thicker jungle. Everyone on the horses, as you start to make through, the horses start to have a bit of trouble making it like navigating the thicker parts of the jungle here. But you do start to see some broken down pieces of gnomish farming equipment. You start to see like a couple of small storehouses and then this large, dilapidated, completely overgrown warehouse sits in front of you in like a smaller, pretty quickly shrinking clearing. And you see massive chains making their way up through the trees here uh, from what looks like an abandoned elevator that used to exist right outside of this probably processing warehouse. It's pretty overgrown by all sorts of plant life, uh, moss and vines growing up the big links of this just colossal chain. Uh, but that disappears up into the growth as you've sort of reached pretty close to the wall of the cavern of the Luthic Ring. Well, looks like we're going to have to head up. I'm a solid climber. Oh, uh, I'm not. But <clears throat> maybe I can find a different way up. Hey, y'all. Hey. <laughs> hey, uh, this here's Tulip. They're gonna help us out. And did you steal those horses? Do I have to bring those back? They came from uh, Doug's pocket. Well, I wish that was the strangest thing I heard today. And then Rusty <laughs> looks up, <laughs> like his hands on his hips, and he's just like, uh, I should have got the flying boots. <laughs> they come in handy as I just start floating up off the horse. <laughs> just like hover in the air. Ooh. How do you put them back in your pocket? Oh, they're not fitting back in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the horses have gone and they've started like grazing on some of the vines and grass in the area. Mm -hmm. I assume that the pigeons have pretty much stopped at the entrance to this tunnel, unless they would have been able to like follow its follow their way in. They could have kept going, yeah. And uh, you can feel Carnation as well hasn't stopped. Mm -hmm. Okay, no, then my plan of flying out of here in a cloak of pigeons won't work. They, they, would have kept, they would have maintained their, their order to, I think, continue tracking this thing. So, uh, I mean, geez, it shouldn't be too hard to, to climb up there. There's all sorts of ways in and out of the tunnels around the city. So, uh, geez, if we can't find this way in, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we could find something else. Maybe we could get a feather token. Uh, would one of the charges on my magical trench coat that allows me to find anything I need cover this? Certainly would. <laughs> okay, I will, I'll use up one of my charges. Oh, uh, uh, feather tokens? Is that uh, what you need? Uh, and yeah, I'll, this one will take me a little bit more doing as I like pat a few more pockets than normally and sort of search around for a bit. And then eventually, yeah, I, I produce uh, one, two, three, four, five <laughs> feather tokens. So this is part of your magic item? Yes. Yeah. I think Rusty, while you were searching around, Doug, Rusty's uh, approached the horses and he's, uh, he's taken some sugar cubes out of a pocket and... He's just giving the horse a, uh, like a pet. <laughs> so they came from your pockets. A magic, uh, magic lack, is it? Yes. Uh, I'm not even entirely sure they're real or how long they last. Oh well, I mean, there's worse places for a horse to be than open field. 
Uh, for, you know. I'm, I'm sure they'll be fine. Let's go. <laughs> well, and like, Rusty's like looking up and just kind of squints and he chews them off, gives like one a slap on the rump and is like, go on, get out of here. It like eats the sugar cubes and then you slap it on and it just sort of like walks into the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, just in case anything comes falling down, I hate to see uh, even magical horses. Something uh, bad happen to them. All right, uh, thank you. And he takes his feather. So the feather tokens give you a 20-foot fly speed for 30 minutes. Hmm. Uh, so there's so just there's... people flying all over this Yes, town, eh? all like the time. All coming and gone. Okay. One use, yeah. Is it In Mox the Rain, getting down from the top is really easy because you can just jump off a bridge and Featherfall will carry you. Mm-hmm. But getting up mm-hmm. is more difficult. Uh, the people who are better off financially usually live lower in the city uh, because they can afford feather tokens to fly upwards. <laughs> Everybody else has to sort of like get a cab, uh, which would be like either a griffin or an elevator or hoof it. Way too many stairs. Yeah, I think yeah during, it's a lot of stairs. During this time, Squeak has just like taken out like a small netted bag and has been like scrambling around the dirt in the warehouse uh, and picking up as many bugs as he can find. Uh, anything like spiders or centipedes. Realizing he doesn't need them as Doug starts pulling out this like multitude of feather tokens, but uh, I'd like to kind of grab as many as I can and just be like, oh, okay, uh, well, I'll just hold on to these for later. Uh, make a survival check. Bad. That's a seven. Yeah, you, you have no problem uh, finding. There are a bunch of bugs in here. Uh, so you do, you do, you are able to find like a, a bunch of bugs. Okay. For what do you use those insects? Well, I mean, if we needed a way up, up the wall, uh, insects are pretty good at climbing. But uh, how would they help us climb? Well, we could ride them. Okay. And Squeak is just like standing there with this like tiny little like you know like like a, <laughs> like imagine like a goldfish in a bag of water sort of thing. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doug is still slowly floating up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, as you uh, are you coming? So as Doug uh, disappears into the. Uh, foliage above just sort of are you just like following these chains upward just in the direction of the crater but I, I wouldn't want to get out of sight of the rest of the crew okay so then you're floating like just below the sort of crown of the forest just quick question those amulets how many did i get two two uh so mechanically the way that they work is that anybody wearing them and standing within 10 feet of the wearer are sort of effectively invisible to ticks unless mm-hmm. under close inspection pop my feather token and then uh, as we start to float up after Doug I'm going to hand an amulet to Barnaby oh. and just uh, here Barnaby you just want to put that on uh, that'll keep you and anyone near you sort of incognito in regards to the ticks uh, but you're still going to need to be subtle because it won't work forever if uh, if they get they get a real good eye on you they've already made you twice I think maybe you need this well, it's very pretty. Thank you. So under uh, close inspection, it's like a circular amulet. And on the middle of it, it has a crown that looks like it's been broken in half by this red ruby lightning bolt. I like ruby. And when it comes to subtlety, you can outmatch my subtlety. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people don't even know I'm here. Float and I'll up. just slowly start to float up. When we okay. use these feather tokens, do they just like, do we like press into them and they poof? Yeah, they, so they disappear into a sort of swirling wind that then surrounds you. Cool. 
and you can feel just as you think about going in a direction, the wind sort of carries you in that direction. Yeah, you can see Squeak like closes it in his fist and then just like closes his eyes really tightly <laughs> and just starts like arms kind of half crossed, just floating up in a straight line. Mm -hmm. um, like you could tell he's like thinking really hard. Yeah, we need happy thoughts, right? That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> you need your happy thoughts. Okay, so you all start to fly upwards uh, through the canopy. You come out of the top like soaked with all of the dew that sort of collects on these leaves. And when you come out through the top, you see this huge chain. Now all of the overgrowth sort of fading away on it as it goes up in just this uh, pure rust color extending up to the bottom of the ashes. Um, you can see that the like loading port on the other side has been closed over by metal grating. But as you follow it up through these like magical clouds that exist in the jungle, uh, you're able to see that cave right up next to where the ashes ring starts. And as you're sort of flying up following that chain, you hear it just creep. And then this like terrible ripping metallic popping sound from below. And uh, everybody make a deck save. Ooh. Uh, anyone within 10 feet of me adds three to that. Ooh. 21. Can I see this? Uh, you would see it, yeah. Uh, 20, not that. Nice. 18. 18's good. 10. I got 11. Uh, so that's 12. Barnaby, Rusty, and Doug. This chain comes like, it seems to have come dislodged from below and comes whipping up, like swinging out 60, 70 feet in all directions as it just whips its way upward. And you also see pieces from above starting to fall down. As you all fly upwards, most of you are able to sort of swerve around these things and not get whipped by the chain or hit by any of the falling debris. But the three of you take 14 bludgeoning damage. Uh, as this huge chain comes whipping past you. Those of you not hit, you also see as it goes up, you see a figure who has clipped themselves in to this chain and is riding it up past you <laughs> as it flies past. And as they like shoot up past you on this chain, they jump and make their way into that cave. <laughs> Do we can we make out any details? Uh, you can make perception check. Uh, anybody who passed the, the save can make a perception check. Critical fail. I think Squeak's eyes are still closed. Like, I don't even know that I've witnessed this change happening. <laughs> and uh, I got a 14. And a 12. You can't make out much about them. You can see that they are wearing a black cloak, uh, that they're like medium in size. With a 14, I think you would also see that they have a large oversized bow hanging off their back okay. and that they're using this sort of like crowbar to hook into the chain. That man had a nice clue. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> God damn it! I didn't really catch many details, but all in dark clothing, medium size. What? <laughs> that chain is flying chain. faster than we are. We're not alone here. Barnaby, you get a feeling of fear, I think, from Carnation. Hmm. And uh, at the same time, you, uh, Squeak, lose concentration on your spell. Oh, no. Whoa. My pigeons. Something's, yeah, Carnation is having a hard time, too. I, I think something's happening. Well, best uh, we get in there. Yeah, let's go, let's go. Uh, and you can see, like, Squeak starts, like, 
doggy paddling up through the air uh, <laughs> yeah. trying to pick up speed uh, as fast as you can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Floating your way up quite a bit slower than the chain, but making your way upwards, uh, you make your way into this cave, which looks like it's just a tunnel that moves forward and splits in like five ways. Uh, those of you from Mox the Rain, this isn't too uncommon. A lot of the walls of Mox the Rain have been tunneled out by different creatures, either making their way in or out. Uh, some people live in these tunnels. Squeak would be very good at navigating <laughs> Squeak them. Squeak lives in these tunnels for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it would be pretty difficult to figure out which way somebody went, but Barnaby, you would be able to follow the trail that Carnation took. So I'll, I'll probably just take the lead even and, and just be heading straight as fast as I can towards uh, towards Carnation. I think with my stubborn little turtle legs. In the front. Okay. Uh, um, I think Squeak with his natural being a bit more in his natural habitat as well would be very much running on kind of down on all fours more or less and, and, and running along cool. the tunnel. So you make your way forward. Uh, Squeak, you would know that this tunnel... Well, actually, make a survival check, Squeak. Ooh. Uh, dirty 20. As you're running forwards, you feel a bunch of heat coming up through, and you know that you are running towards some exhaust tunnels, some some of the tunnels that bring the heat up from Godfire Below. Oh, this is good. And sort of, this, 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 yeah, this they, connects get dumped. A lot of the, a lot of Max Therene, uh, we, we can get around quickly through here, but yeah, if someone's escaping this way, they can, they can make their way down pretty fast, too. Pretty quickly, you come up to three pipes that do lead straight down and you can see Carnation sitting on the edge of one of them. Oh, Carnation, what happened to you? Where did, it, where did everybody go? And I think you can also see like flaming spectral feathers like floating through the <laughs> air in here, okay. just like slowly making their way towards the ground and, and Carnation kind of relays telepathically this sort of terrible scene of two figures making their way into this pipe and then a bunch of pigeons following, and then a huge burst of flame and fire, and then a bunch of feathers. And Oof. Carnation was pretty lucky to have been a bit behind. Oh, you poor thing. Here, here, you you, you come home for a little while, and then uh, I'll uh, pick Carnation up with my little tortoise claw hand <laughs> thing, and uh, and kind of like reach behind in a very practiced gesture and, and just kind of scoot it in its little birdhouse. That bird is absolutely adorable. I would like to be introduced to it later. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Carnation loves making new friends. I as well. Ooh. Yeah, Ru Rusty's kind of gingerly stepped up to the pipe, and he's kind of looking looking down and just having an eye out for what's down there. Yeah, so you can see this is like a big metal, like Star Wars-style pipe. <laughs> it's one of those freaking pipes <laughs> well, down to nowhere with just a really gentle... Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Barnaby will will walk up to the edge and be like, "Oh, uh, just like your shortcut." And then I'll kind of slowly start to tuck into my shell, <laughs> and then just kind of tip forward into the hole. No, no, bar, bar, bar. Do I have a chance to cast guidance on him as he does that? Really? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'll reach out and just say, "Let his eyes guide you." And you have guidance. Can I okay. grab his shell and try to ride it down like a surfboard? <laughs> yeah, amazing. Okay. Tubular. <laughs> so Squeak goes uh, rattling down the tunnel on top of Barnaby inside of his shell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we should follow Barnaby. rapidly. Uh, yeah, we're going to, I guess, yeah, that uh, uh, 
So before you go too far, I will say, Squeak, you you know this about these tunnels, that uh, timing is very important uh, when you're going down these exhaust tunnels uh, because they do sometimes blast lava-heated air out of them, which is what happened to all of your uh, your pitches. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, uh, Squeak is definitely one for uh, uh, testing his luck on things like this. Um, He's been he's definitely been burned uh, more than once uh, (laughs) doing this before. But uh, he always seems to come out just, uh, you know, a little singe. Um, And I've already jumped. (laughs) We're in it to win it now. Tulip is uh, taking off his cloak and like folding it very carefully and putting it in his pack. (laughs) <laughs> I think Brass is going to um, follow them. Yeah, I think Doug does the same. Yeah, I think once they tipped over, uh, Rusty kind of yeah, sputtered and <laughs> jumped, jumped down after him, kind of keeping close to the wall. You do have a fair bit of control because the feather tokens are still active, oh. so you can use those to sort of steer yourselves uh, in any direction. You can see there are every every so often some like offshoot exhaust tunnels. Squeak, you're in the front riding Barnaby, so how do you want to handle this? I mean, so <laughs> this is the edge of the trail that Carnation brought us to. Yeah, so you know they went down this pipe, I, but you don't know how far. I mean, I guess my I would I would say, uh, like, I have the, the dungeon delver feet, which allows me to move at a fast pace without imposing the normal uh, penalty to perception checks. Uh, okay. I'm assuming we are moving at a fast pace. <laughs> Breakneck, one would say, <laughs> uncontrolled freefall. Um, so yeah, I think, quite. I think, like with you not know, quite. with all of his facial features just like <laughs> in the wind, um, he's trying to like pry his eyes, keep his eyes open, um, and and see if he can catch a glimpse of any clues in any of the tunnels on the way out, like any other signs of life. You make a perception check. That's a 16 plus 6, so 22. 22, okay, great. You two are definitely moving the fastest, so you're you're sort of like rocketing down forwards, and you do see in front of you, the first thing you notice is that a wave of like steam and heat moves past you, which is a big warning sign to you that there is about to be a blast of hot air. Um, so you have sort of one chance now to get yourself out of this tunnel. The other thing you notice is the figure who is also basically free-falling down the front, surfing basically on the bottom of the pipe in front of you. Mm -hmm. They are, even at your speed, you're going a little bit faster than them because Barnaby's shell, I think, offers less resistance than boots. It's a pretty good shell. Um, So you're you're moving a little (laughs) bit faster than them, but they're probably like 150, 200 feet in front of you down this pipe. That wave of heat sort of moves past you and the others behind, you all feel that wave over you as well. I think I would yell, um, like, heads up, we got incoming. Um, <laughs> and then, I mean, I don't know how much I know about the, the kind of damage that these would do, but I, because Burnaby's completely in his shell, I'm kind of just thinking of trying to turn him um, so that I'm completely covered by it. I can to try still, to, like, like, hear you and everything. Like, you can still communicate with me, but I, I can't see or move myself. This heat is going to, is just like about to overtake you, Squeak and Barnaby. So if you want to try to tank it, like it is going to be a fair bit of damage. If you want to try to tank it with Barnaby's shell. Your pigeons did all get 
incinerated. Yeah, but they're it, yeah. <laughs> they are pigeons. We're both scaly individuals. We're, we're both probably cold-blooded. This will, might even be nice. I mean, I guess <laughs> I'll, I'll let you heal up. Is, like, is the guy this. ahead of us slowing down at all? He is not. Yeah. The guy ahead of you is not slowing down. So the, the choice, I think, is to tank the damage and keep up with him or not take the damage and get out of the path. I think something that I want to make clear, just because I didn't say it, I think that uh, Tulip hasn't actually entered the shaft yet. <laughs> oh, okay. He's still folding carefully <laughs> his cloak. Yes, yes. Like at the top. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, that's good. He's fastidious. Yeah. So yeah, you guys have to deal with it first, so I'll, I'll give you the, the choice. First. I guess I would very quickly like knock on his shell and be like, are you okay with heat? Oh yeah, I'll be f- I'll be fine. Yeah, then I would just like latch on and press myself against a shell, um, and try to try to tank it. <laughs> okay, you make an athletics check, and Barnaby make a con save. I also I don't know if this counts as a trap, but I have resistance to damage by traps from the same dungeon delving feat. This is why I'm like, Squeak would be used to being burned is because he has resistance against traps. Athletics? You're going to need it. A seven? Yeah. So if you you try pulling the shell up. Yeah. And it it does not work. I've got a Um, 24. Okay. So Barnaby, you're going to take half damage. Uh, Squeak, you have resistance to traps, so you will still take half damage, but you won't take border damage. Let me roll some (laughs) dice. The others, you can feel this like heat starting to build below you and hear the like roar of this hot air getting forced up through these pipes. And we also heard heads up. Yeah. Uh, you also heard heads up. Yeah. I'm going to try and find a side shaft to dodge into. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah. with the warning, you can all make deck saves with advantage. Amazing. Cool. The save. That's worth dying I for. I guess I don't need to make one because I'm not in No, it. you don't need to make one. But how do we know how well his cloak is folded? He should probably do a skill check. <laughs> I feel like he's he's extremely practiced and an expert, so I <laughs> will just assume perfectly. <laughs> well, I rolled a nat 20 on my very nice dice. My cheaper okay. dice. Yeah. The caradice are back. Yeah. <laughs> well So I- you'll take you'll take no damage. I uh, got a twenty-three. Twenty-three, okay. You're you're also safe. I rolled a nine. A nine? Okay. So let's see. Um, the eyes would protect it. <laughs> Is it ice? Ice? <laughs> it ain't. No, <laughs> so the total is 34 fire damage. I I would be I would be trying to use my cloak to um, assist for sure. Um, which okay. gives Doug the option of uh, taking another deck save. Oh, really? Yeah. I have my fancy brass cloak that covers me shoulders to ankles, basically. As I duck towards a side passage, it flares out, and I use the shield of brass charge, and uh, I swirl the cape as a reaction. I can shield myself and up to two allies within five feet from area of effect damage. Um, Those under the cloak can make a dex save to avoid damage. They take half on a failure and none on a success. Amazing. Yes, thank you. That becomes an 18. An 18? Okay. Uh, so in the in the tunnel, that's enough. You don't take any damage as you are falling down, basically about to close your eyes and just trust that 
your patron is going to take you through this unscathed, and uh, Brass just like grabs you by the collar and throws you under this cloak as the heat just blasts past both of you, and you avoid massive damage. <laughs> in in your mind, Brass, you hear, uh, thanks for that. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Tulip up top, the fire just blasts past out of the top as you finish folding up your cloak. <clears throat> I jump in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just like the one step off the edge and just the... <laughs> Hello, it's Mike Fardy, your Dungeon Mom. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Bounty Blunders. Just a couple of quick things before I let you go. First, to all of our patrons, I'm very sorry for the big delay on the bonus episode this month. I've been way behind in putting it together, but it should be out in the next couple of days if it's not already out by the time you hear this. Time is weird. It looks like in the future, we're going to be playing games other than D&D for our Patreon episodes and putting those up and recording them at a higher quality. Just because I haven't really been satisfied with the quality of those extra episodes so far. So that's something to look forward to. And thank you for your continued support, as always. We're getting ready to go back to recording from the Caravan of Wonders point of view. We have now recorded all of the episodes in the Bounty Blunders arc, and everybody's really excited to get back to their regular characters. So I hope you enjoy the rest of this fun little arc that we've been doing. And as always, keep being the best. We love you very much. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye.